Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. I hope you're doing well. Jared is, you're like, where's Jared? I haven't seen Jared today. Jared's out of town on their five-year wedding anniversary getaway. And uh, he, he's very excited. He and Emily uh, look forward to that. I don't know if Papa Tony and uh, Denise are here today, but the grandparents, we're, we're going to take care of these children. Amen, right? Right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So uh, Tony and Denise have the first part of the week, and Kent and Shauna have the second part of the week, and I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yes, yes, it is. It's going to be great. Let me tell you what we're going to do today. I'm going to, I'm going to obviously talk about uh, this new sermon series, The War for Your Heart, that we kicked off last week. But then at the end of this shortened sermon, uh, we're going to ordain three new deacons. And I know there's some guests here today who have come to be a part of this special time for these guys. And so I just want to say to the friends and families who are here, thank you so much for being here with us today at Hope Fellowship. And our prayer is that God will use these servants for his glory. So um, if you missed last week, we kicked off this new sermon series, The War for Your Heart. I would really encourage you to go do catch up. If you missed last week, go to the church's website click on the sermon link, and you can find a file of last week's message to give you some context for what we're talking about in this sermon series. There is a a war for the things that your heart is drawn toward in this world we live in. I think you know that, but the real question is, what are we supposed to do about that? Sean and I were invited um, Thursday night to go to one of these fundraising banquets. You've probably been to one of those before. And you go, and they feed you some really awesome food, and, and then you have a little bit of a program, and then at the end of the banquet, it's called The Ask. And you know it's coming because there are little commitment cards all over the tables, and this is a very worthy ministry. It's an, they're doing great work. But this lady that did The Ask, I mean, she was good. She was good. They enlisted her to do the... Shauna said, man, she was good. And, you know, she, she told these stories with such conviction and passion in her heart, but, but listen to me, church, the reason I'm telling you this, she could get up there and she could tell the stories and, and she does the ask, and then if I choose not to respond, it really doesn't matter, does it? You come to church today and you listen to a message, you listen to a sermon, you even may look at the Bible and say, yep, 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 it says that. But if you choose to do nothing with it, what does it matter? Your heart. What are you going to do with the condition of your heart? And as I was thinking this week about my heart, I started thinking about my grandpa Wells. I loved my grandpa Wells. I loved, loved my grandpa Wells. I probably idolized my grandpa Wells. And I absolutely, listen to me, I love spending time with my grandpa Wells. He showed me Attention. I, I had his guided attention when I was 
a young boy. He showed me love. He showed me time. Basically, I could ask him to do anything, and if it was possible, he was going to try to do it. Now, my grandpa Wells uh, was in pretty bad health. But what, what I want you to know is that that never really stopped him. He continued to love me and be a great grandpa to me. And my grandpa Wells, here it is, listen, his health problem was a heart condition. And if you have loved ones, maybe you yourself have a heart condition. My grandpa Wells carried around this tiny bottle of pills. They were always in his pocket, nitroglycerin tablets, okay? And my grandpa never went anywhere without his nitros. And even as a little boy, I could tell if my grandpa was starting to have chest pains, man, he would open up that little tiny bottle of these nitroglycerin tablets and he would pop a couple of those things under his tongue. It was scary. I mean, you know, as a five, six, seven-year-old, that's scary stuff. And I would watch him and, and for the most part, after a few minutes, he'd always have to sit down, but after a few minutes, he would take those tablets and it always seemed to help him. But his heart condition, what I want you to know, it really impacted his life. Now, if I come in here this morning and I say, hey, church, I went to the doctor this week. I had a physical. I went to the cardiologist. And I need you to know I have a heart condition. You probably would be concerned about that. I did not go to the cardiologist this week. And praise the Lord, as, as far as I know, my heart is in good condition physically. But I want you to understand something. Listen to me. Every one of us here at church today, all of us, we all have a heart condition. And I'm not talking about the physical condition of your heart. Every one of us in this room, our heart is in some kind of condition like now. Right now. So the important question today is, is simply this. Here it is. What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your heart? To, to put it more plainly, what is going on inside of you? Why do you do the things you do? What is the motive behind your actions most of us don't think about these kinds of things. But let me share a few scripture, pieces of Scripture from the Bible to remind you of what we're talking about today. The first one I want you to look at is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. We'll put it on the screen. Look at this text. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. In other words, think about the text and what we just read. We need to be standing guard, standing guard over what we allow into our hearts and lives. The things we think, what we say, what we do, all of that. The things we think, the things we say, the things we do, all of it, what's inside of us is what will come out of us, whether it's good or maybe it's not so good. 
Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 also references this. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so really what I want you to do today is I want you to begin to visualize and see this battle. And I want you to, listen, I want you to understand, if you ignore it, if you decide today, man, I'm not doing anything at all. I'm not doing anything with this at all. I'm going to continue to live life, business as usual. It's basically like you're just going to raise your little white flag and surrender. I surrender. I'm not going to do anything at all. I give up. But I want you to see the battle because, friends, listen, there, there, really, and there really is a war for your heart playing out. And Scripture says to us, stand guard. Stand guard. Jesus taught about this in a text that you've perhaps not thought about connected to what I'm talking about. And it's the parable of the sower. And we're going to read this together. If you brought a Bible today, open it up with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. Luke, chapter 8, verse 5, and we'll read this together. Now, let me tell you on the front end, here, here's the goal. The goal will be that before you leave the gym this morning, I want you first to determine where you are. Where's my heart? What's going on inside of me? Where's my heart? And then I want you to also know what needs to begin to happen in your life if your heart is not in a place that brings honor and glory to the Lord. So look at this text. We'll read the whole thing through and then we'll talk about it. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse... Five. So a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on. The birds ate it up, and some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked out the plants, and still other seed fell on the good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when Jesus said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now the disciples, they asked him, the disciples asked Jesus, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others, Jesus said, I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, and though hearing, they may not understand. And then Jesus, I can just imagine him, he's sitting there and he, he explains this to his disciples. He says, this is the meaning of of the parable. He's like, listen up, guys, here it is. And look at what Jesus says. The seed is the word of God. And those along the path are the ones who hear, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and, and that they may not be saved. Then there's this other group. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who have received the word with joy, but when they hear it, but then they, let me start that verse again. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, 
but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And then the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, by riches and pleasures. They do not mature. And then the best truth out of this parable is is this, but the seed on good soil stands for those, look at this, with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. So, so break this down very quickly with me. If you've come to Hope Fellowship Church today, woohoo, we meet in a gym and it's awesome. Yeah, okay, you're here. And if your heart today, if your heart today is like the trampled ground, hardened by, by the sin of, of bitterness and unforgiveness, the text teaches us you're, you're not going to be able to receive the message from God. You, you may actually hear some of the message with your ears, but it never makes it to your heart, meaning there's, there's zero difference at all in your life. That's category number one. The second group of people, if your heart is like the shallow soil on top of a rock, you may accept God's word in your mind for a short time, but the truth does not penetrate your heart to make a difference in your actions. Many of us can relate to this. Here's what happens. We come to church on a Sunday morning. Oh man, that was a great sermon. That was so good. And then like we get out the door and it's an hour later, no change, no application, message is gone. We don't even remember what we talked about an hour ago. Then there's this third category. What if your heart is like the thorny soil? A heart like thorny soil is a life that is distracted by all the things in this world. And what if your of earthly pleasures begins to prevent God's word from taking hold of you and making you more like Jesus. I think for many of us in the room, this may be where you're at. I think many Christians are right there. But where we want to be is is Jesus' fourth example. The heart that is like good soil receives a word from God, watch this, and then applies it. And then in time, there's, there's fruit that comes forth from that. It's the heart that Jesus desires. But I want you to look at the last part of of that text with me again. We're going to put it on the screen. Look Look at what Jesus said. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart, watch this, who hear the word and they retain it. And by persevering, that word persevering, they eventually produce a crop. This is, this is definitely not lukewarm Christianity. This is definitely not business as usual living. And I would say to you, friends, this is where the war for your heart is happening every single day. What does the text say? You, you, hear, you hear the word, you retain it. The word, listen, that means the word is in you beyond Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m., That means the word is in you beyond your morning devotion time. It stays with you. You retain it throughout the day. And then what's even more important, watch this, the word persevere. 
You persevere. At any time, listen, at any time, the receptiveness of your heart will determine your response to God. At any time. So is your heart receptive? Anytime you hear a word from the Lord, whether that's you spending time reading the Bible, whether you are in prayer, whether you're listening to worship music and God speaks to you through that, the way you respond will really depend on how you've cultivated your heart. So what, how do you do that? So many things competing for our attention. Am I cultivating my heart? I want to I show you four very simplistic but important things to begin to do, do this week if you sense that you're struggling with where your heart is towards the Lord. Truth number one, repent. We talked about sin last week. Repent. Maybe there's some bitterness in your life. And you've been dragging it around day in and day out. Repent of the bitterness. Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's unforgiveness. It's hardening your heart. Do you know the, the word repent? It actually means to have a change of heart. It's this idea that you could be walking in one direction and you, you completely change. 180 degrees, you turn and begin to move in the opposite direction. A change of heart. Repent. A second word of encouragement this week. What if you begin to meditate on Scripture? I, I struggle with this. I'll read a Bible verse. I'll spend time in devotion. And then for whatever reason in my mind, I begin to think, okay, I did that. Now here's what I've got to do next. And I just lay it aside. But how precious it is to be so disciplined that you build time into your day to meditate on God's word, to meditate on it, to abide in it, to let it rest deep inside of you, in your heart. A third truth, very similar, would you just begin to apply Scripture? When, when you read the word, when you hear from the Lord, begin to apply it to your life and just, you know, if you can get to the place where you read a text, you would say, okay, God, how do you want me to make this reality in my life. And then fourth, protect your lifestyle. Protect it. Be intentional. Don't devote all of your time and all of your energy to the things of this world. And then when you're done with all that stuff, okay, I got an extra three minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give God three minutes now. No, the, the goal is for us to live a gospel-centered life. At home, if you're a parent raising your children, when you're sitting around the table at mealtime and having a little dialogue, in conversations with your spouse, we take so much for granted. Yet our goal is to live a gospel-centered life. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.